Welcome back to episode 95 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, podcast dedicated to all things Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another game week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of game week nine. Obviously, game week eight was a couple of weeks ago now, having just come out of the international break and there were only seven fixtures um, that actually got played in the end. And to be honest, most of them pretty much uh, went as expected. A win for Villa. Fulham came back uh, impressively against Forest. City beat Wolves comfortably. Newcastle drew again. Um, Spurs beat Leicester 6-2 with a very flattering scoreline for how the match actually went. Arsenal beat Brentford 3-0 in what was a nice kickabout. And Everton managed to grind out a 1-0 win at home to West Ham. Not a hugely exciting international break as far as England fans are concerned. And from looking through a lot of the news that's come out of the international break, there doesn't seem to have been a huge amount of injuries that we need to plan for. But there are a few that I'll mention in a minute. I'm recording this episode on Wednesday the 28th of September. So any team news, injury developments or press conference information are all up to date as of then and of course subject to change. Some of the players I'll be discussing this week include... Wesley Fofana, Pierre-Imerick Bamiang, Nico Williams and William. So let's get into it. So just looking at the fixtures uh, for game week nine this weekend, obviously two standout games. North London Derby is the early kickoff on Saturday and Manchester Derby is the early kickoff on Sunday. So uh, yeah, two big games there. Elsewhere, looking down the fixture list, a few tight matchups, but if I'm looking at particular ones to stand out from a draft point of view, West Ham against Wolves, I like the look of that for the West Ham side, and also Leeds against Villa, I like for the Leeds side, as Aston Villa are going to have a couple of backups in their defence, which we'll come on to very shortly. Now, the notable uh, injuries from the international break seem to be uh, John Stones, uh, Lucas Dean for uh, for Villa, Patterson for Everton. It seems like he could be out for a little while. Hugo Lloris um, has also uh, picked up a thigh strain and could miss out in the North London derby. And then Newcastle's new signing, Isaac, uh, has also picked up an injury and it's not clear yet how long he'll be out for. Now, the first player I'm going to mention this week is Wesley Fofana and his ownership in 18 leagues is just 12%, which when you consider the ownership levels for the likes of Thiago Silva and Koulibaly is far too low for what he's worth. They obviously go away to Crystal Palace this weekend, which is an okay matchup on paper. And Chelsea then have a really nice run, more or less, up until the World Cup. They play Wolves at home next week, Aston Villa away the uh, weekend after, uh, and then Brentford away in midweek, which, you know, if Potter's going to hit the ground running, needs to be picking up wins in pretty much all of those games. The main challenge that he's going to have, um, aside from sorting out the personnel that's going to be in the starting eleven, is sorting out their defence. They've been leaking far too many goals for the calibre of players they've got there. Um, I don't think it would take too long to work that out and so the clean sheet should then start to roll in. Next, I've simply highlighted the Brentford defence. So any of the uh, the main starters. Mee's the most owned with 12% but the rest are all hidden gem territory. Hickey's just 2% owned, Henry 5% and Jansen 3%. Um, any one of those could be a good streaming option this week. Away to Bournemouth, who themselves are one of the least potent attacks in the Premier League. They then go away to Newcastle, who are not without their own attacking struggles, particularly due to injuries. Then have Brighton at home. Tricky match at home to Chelsea. 
uh, and then Villa, Wolves and Forest in the following three games. So not a bad time to jump on some of the other Brentford assets as well, but particularly their defenders where most people will be looking for a streaming option this week. Another player who I've mentioned a few times on the pod already is Brennan Johnson for Nottingham Forest. and His ownership in eight team leagues is just 19%, or in other words, in more than 80% of eight team leagues out there, Johnson is left in the waiver pile. Just the two goals so far, but are never present in their attack. Who knows where their starting eleven will go as the season progresses, but I think he is going to continue to be an ever-present there just due to his talisman-like qualities. One of the guys that actually links the team to their impressive displays last season, and as well as scoring goals, um, can be that link between defence and attack. Finally, it's pierre Imeric Aubameyang, who's obviously newly signed for Chelsea. Um, we all are pretty familiar with what he can do in the Premier League and what he's like as a fantasy asset, as many of us will have owned him in the conventional game over the years or even drafted him over the last few seasons when he was at Arsenal. We saw him in a Chelsea shirt for the first time in their Champions League game at home against RB Salzburg, which ended 1-1. Interesting, the 11 that uh, Potter chose for that game, and I'm expecting a pretty similar 11 or certainly similar structure for this Premier League game as well. Sterling moved to left wing back. Not sure what that will do to his uh, output. I would assume it will surely decrease it. Mount then moved back to more of a conventional number eight with uh, Aubameyang and Havertz, the two up top. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they set up this week. Um, I would imagine if that's what Pozza's got in mind, he will try and continue that and see if he can make that work. But yeah, it's going to be interesting in the medium term. I can't see Sterling thriving in that left wing back position and given the money that they've paid for him and his um, position in that squad, I doubt they can leave him out of the starting 11 for too long. So then you're looking at one of either Havertz or Mount potentially making way if they're going to go with a 5-3-2 formation. Um, again, neither of which will uh, appreciate being benched for a while. But if Aubameyang doesn't hit the ground running in terms of goal output, it'll be interesting to see if Potter has got the minerals to drop him should the time come. For now, though, he's too big a name to not bet on. And uh, And we all know what that Chelsea squad can do when their mind's in the right gear, in the right frame of mind. They can absolutely dominate teams and trounce them on a given day. And where one of Sterling's probably biggest weaknesses is his finishing, Aubameyang is a far more safer pair of hands to stick the ball in the back of the net. So yeah, I'd definitely be picking him up um, in an eight-team league. That You could make a case for for dropping a lot of of mid-range attackers, in my opinion, to uh, get Aubameyang in and gamble on him early. Let's have a look at some hidden gems then. So these are all guys who are owned in less than 10% of eight-team draft leagues. First one is Augustinson for Aston Villa. It's not clear how long exactly Lucas Dean will be out for, but it looks like um, Augustinson will come in for the next few games. He's very experienced, nearly 50 caps for Sweden uh, and experienced in the other big European leagues as well. So this is exactly the type of situation that he's been signed for. He does have a few assists to his name over the years and Villa have a couple of good games, so certainly one to consider for larger leagues. And I think I'll probably put it out there now that he would also be my most hidden gem pick for this week. Now, with the injury, as I mentioned to Patterson, it seems pretty obvious that uh, Seamus Coleman's going to come back in at right back for Everton. Again, another player we're very familiar with. Clear limitations there, but a reasonably safe pair of hands defensively. Owned in just 0.1% of eight team leagues out there so pretty much nobody has him and if you do fancy a bit of the Everton defence this week for their game away at Southampton which you could quite easily make a case for um, he is an option. 
Next is Manuel Akanji, the new uh, centre-back Man City signed from Dortmund. Um, made his Premier League debut in game week eight away at Wolves. Played 90 minutes, clean sheet, six points. I think given the injury to Stones in that England game in midweek, Kanji's probably fairly likely to start alongside Diaz with Walker and Cancelo um, completing that back four there. So, you know, currently just owned in just under 7% of eight team leagues. And I think when you're reasonably guaranteed uh, a piece of the Manchester City defence, um, it's pretty hard to turn it down. Obviously, it is the Manchester derby not going to be the most likely clean sheet they have uh, this season. But with Southampton at home next week as well, could be a nice little two-weeker. They do then have their hardest game of the season, um, well, after Spurs, away at Liverpool in game week 11. So maybe only one that you'll be looking at for a couple of weeks. Next is Nico Williams, another player who I've mentioned a few times on the podcast already. Um, still way up there in the stats leagues when it comes to shots for defenders. Um, lots of touches in the box. Just the one assist so far in game week six, but it does feel like a goal is coming. Um, Forest do have a nice little run of fixtures now. Away to struggling Leicester, then at home to Villa, away to Wolves and away to Brighton. So plenty of opportunities to score. Uh, why not Nico Williams? Owned in just 9% of leagues at the moment. Now, another team who will be looking to turn results around is West Ham, currently sitting in 18th in the table, having only scored three goals uh, this season, which is joint bottom with Wolves, who also got their own attacking struggles. West Ham are at home to Wolves this week. They then host Fulham and then go away to Southampton. So from a defensive point of view, three games in which they would be looking at clean sheets in all three of them um, should be reasonably good odds of that happening. It looks like we're going to continue to see Zuma at centre-back and also new signing Kera, who we saw play at right-back for Germany against England in midweek. His ownership is currently 0.3%, so he's basically not owned in eight-team leagues, so he should be there for everybody. Um, and not a bad pick-up this week if you want some of that West Ham defence and there's no other way in. And probably less risky than uh, taking a punt on Emerson starting on the left. Into midfield uh, and a player I've uh, loved to hate over the years is William, who's now at Fulham. He's currently owned in just 0.6% of eight-team draft leagues. So again, he's pretty much there for everyone if you want him. Fulham are at home to Newcastle in game nine. They're then away to West Ham and then at home to Bournemouth. So from their point of view, um, they're even then at home to Villa after that. So a nice little run for Fulham here. Uh, William looks set to start in place of Cabano, putting some good crosses already in the, in his debut for, for Mitrovic. And I think that'll be the key that keeps his spot in the starting 11. Um, and he's a player I'm looking at in the waivers this week. In attack, um, Awani and Solanke are also just under the 10% mark. Awani we've seen a few times now um, for Forrest. Um, Awani we've seen feature in every game so far for Forrest. And he's managed to score two already. Um, not a bad option if you're struggling for three strikers. Dominic Solanke is another player nailed on to start for uh, fellow newly promoted team Bournemouth. Lots of hype about Solanke this week in the normal FPL community. I'm still not really convinced with Bournemouth's ability as a team to create enough chances for Solanke to get um, the points on the board that people think he could get. So, so I'm probably the coldest on him out of all of these options, but I did think it was worth mentioning him. And um, yeah, I would just have... Some caution um, and don't give up too much if you're wavering to get him this week. As I said already, my most in gem pick is Augustinson, um, pretty much not owned across the whole draft universe and set to start this week. On the get rid list, I've got uh, Matt Doherty for Spurs. His ownership 
is still up above 60%. Emil Smith-Rowe for Arsenal, his ownership is a bit higher at 64%. Harry Maguire's on 72% ownership. It looks like he might have picked up an injury on international duty and is just generally out of favour at United anyway. Uh, Nketiah is at 73%. I can understand some rationale for holding on to him, especially if you've got Jesus or just gambling on um, potentially Jesus getting an injury and then you've got Arsenal's main man. But I think 73% is probably a little bit steep for him at the moment. And finally, Sergi Canos for Brentford would have been a draft day hangover. His ownership is pushing 80% and probably a sign of some teams out there that haven't really tinkered very much with their teams since they drafted. So that's it for the podcast this week. Nice to get back into thinking about the Premier League. Um, If you haven't already, make sure you head over to draftfc.co.uk, our companion website, which gives you stats and charts that you can't find anywhere else. We've been working very hard on the site during the international break and looking to bring one or two new features uh, over the next few weeks. And uh, first on that list in particular is the live game week table. So you'll be able to see the points come in in real time. That should be ready soon. Um, And then sometime in the near future, looking at uh, our global league ranking so that you can see how your draft league is comparing against similar leagues around the world to uh, benchmark yourselves and see how well you're doing as a group. If you've not signed up yet, you can uh, do so for free with the seven day free trial and you'll be able to have a little peek at all of those things that are currently behind the paywall. But there is plenty of stuff that uh, isn't behind the paywall. One of those is our weekly predicted lineups page, which is accessible to everyone. I've updated that today and we'll continue to tweak it if there's any injury news or press conference shout outs that give us uh, an indication that someone might be playing or not playing. These are always really useful and they're the sort of thing that I've used a lot over the past few seasons when planning my waivers. um, Because ultimately, if guys aren't going to play, there isn't a huge amount of point picking them up. So so yeah, it's definitely a big part of my pre-waiver prep. Um, and if it's something you haven't really had a look through or haven't incorporated into your pre-waiver prep yet, then you can do so by having a look at our predicted lineups page, but there are also many others out there. Finally, if you're a fan of the podcast and you've been listening for a while and you just keep uh, seeing the odd one pop up on your feed, make sure you're subscribed so that uh, you get notified whenever a new one is released. Generally, it's uh, a couple of days before uh, each game week waiver window. The waiver deadline this week is on Friday morning uh, ahead of, uh, say, Saturday's lunchtime clash between Arsenal and Spurs. So make sure you don't forget to put some waivers in. Do it now at the point you're listening to this podcast, um, even just one or two, so that at least you haven't forgotten to do anything. Enjoy the return of the Premier League. And as always, stay shook. Sure.